With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Gordon Waddle and Darren Cooney to discuss all the latest from Parkhead. On the pod today, we're two days into the transfer window, so we sit down to surf through all the rumours and speculation to bring you all the latest Celtic signing news. Good, just to start off this week with a wee bit of breaking news. Um, Timo Weah, obviously on loan at Celtic from January onwards before being sent back to Paris Saint-Germain. He now looks certain to see a €10 million Euro move to Lille from Paris Saint-Germain, and Lille are obviously kind of the second force in France these days finished second last year. We'll be playing Champions League football. Where do we? Where do we think? Just quickly, where do we think it went wrong for Weir at Celtic, Gordy? It's funny he burned bright as a, a kind of impact sub a lot, uh, but then never really seemed to nail down, nail it down when he got his when he got his starts. And then obviously the way that he left, you know, with a, a bit of uh, Dubai over the, uh, his commitment to playing for the USA in the Under-20 World Cup and then whether he would be around or be allowed to kind of come back or wanted to come back and play for Celtic in the Cup final saw uh, Neil Lennon eventually give it, you know what, off you pop and, and that'll do. And it was, a, it was a bit of a kind of ignominious end to what had looked a fairly promising, you know, spell at Celtic for him. I mean, he, he certainly, I think when people saw him come on, they thought he had something. But whether that's something, you know, would, is what you would have translated into him being a 10 million euro player or not, you know, I, I think we needed a bigger body of evidence from him. Because mm-hmm. he was certainly popular with the fans, Darren, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, he didn't seem to be too popular with Neil Lennon, though. <laughs> it was It's maybe Lennon's kind of uh, personality is quite headstrong, obstinate, or, yeah, or, yeah, or, or maybe just a, a believer in a set of values. And if you breach those values uh, well if, if you're not giving me the 100% yeah. that I need from you at that time and it, and it kind of showed towards the end of the season he, he didn't really use the lone guys uh, you know I mean he, he brought Lustig straight back in for Tolyan um, he, he, obviously Lustig played like 90% of the games under him at right yeah. back you know Burt never really got much under him mm-hmm. uh, Weah was the same so uh, uh, maybe there was a statement there about I'm going to go with the guys who I know are going to be here next year guaranteed mm-hmm. I mean some people had a, the, the, I think there was a kind of tenuous hope that Weah might be back you know that they might kind of get a second loan but obviously as a permanent transfer then that's that, that's clearly not, you know now not going to happen but I think just the way it ended and, and to be fair, you know, it, it, the guy's personality was, was big as well, you know. I mean, like, he was a very confident kid, you know. When he came in and spoke to the media, he was terrific, you mm. know, as, as a lot of the American guys are, to be fair. You know, he's very comfortable in front of cameras and, and microphones, and um, he certainly wasn't short of belief in his own ability. So, you know, I, I, listen, he, he seemed like a good guy. I, I, I hope that he goes on and, and proves himself somewhere else, on a, you know, on a... On a a wider stage than he was maybe given the chance to at Celtic. It'd be interesting to see how he how he progresses. Mm-hmm. Certainly. 
I mean, this is only what, day two of the transfer window, but it feels like all this has been going on for weeks <laughs> and possibly months already. Uh, if we just maybe have a look at some of the, you know, the main names that have been linked with Celtic, obviously the past week or so you'd have to say um, the approach for David Turnbull at Motherwell has probably been the biggest incoming story, uh, at least. Um, can you offer us any insight as to where that is at the moment just now, Gordy? I think it's in a holding pattern and I, I can see this going very much the same way as the John McGinn thing went for Celtic. Peter at the time, Peter Lowell last year, so I'm, I like to just call him Peter by, by simply by his first name, is that okay? <laughs> yes. What uh, was adamant that Celtic had put a value on John McGinn at the time and obviously Hibs had their value of him and, and, and that's why never the twain met, you know, and, and I get the feeling that the same thing might well happen here. I think that Motherwell are quite right if they want to hold out, if they think they can hold out and they're going to get more. There, there are a number of championship clubs uh, who have all been asked uh, to be kept apprised a, a of his um, uh, his position and who's bidding and who's not. Celtic have obviously put in a bid, Barnsley put in a bid, but uh, I'm certainly led to believe that uh, uh, that. Bournemouth are, are, were, were flitting around uh, and, and you know the, the periphery of it and have asked to be notified if any more bids come in. You've also got Wigan, Derby, uh, you know, who have also been asked to, to, to be kept appraised of it because they, they, Turnbull might not necessarily be their prime target, but he's certainly on a lot of their lists. And if they fail to get you know, choice number one, then they may well think, especially in England where pockets are an awful lot deeper, they may well think that you know, if that Turnbull was good for for three million quid for them, for example, for a Bournemouth or for a Derby, it's, it's a drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bournemouth made like I think it was one hundred and twenty eight million quid last season, but you know, between their prize money and their TV rights and stuff like that, so three million quid for them for a project player is absolutely nothing. Same as it is for a few of the Championship clubs as well. To be fair, who have got foreign owners and, and big uh, and, and deep pockets, but. I think Celtic might struggle, and and that's why they came in early because they knew that themselves. They came in early in the hope that they, if they said, "There's two or there's two and a half, take it now," and it gets it done, mm-hmm. that's their best chance of getting them. I'm not sure the longer the summer goes that that they won't that the competition might not be a bit too rich for their blood, and that's fine. You know, if if they don't think he's worth any more than that to them at the moment, and he's going to be another project for them. You know, I, I I don't have a problem with that. It's just it's a really interesting summer's recruitment for Celtic because you know it started off probably with Brendan Rodgers planning it in the first instance with Lee Congerton, but Neil Lennon's demands and requirements of of players and styles are so entirely different that what it looked like in March or April is not what it's going to look like over the next two or three weeks. So, but, but Neil Lennon started in the recruitment business upon his appointment. Of course he did, yeah. As as caretaker coach. So this was in February. Well, I remember he told us, uh, he, he certainly he spoke to the Sundays and talked about that game that he went to see between Paris FC yeah. and Valenciennes and, and Ligue 2. Uh, and, and it was assumed, one of the papers wrote that he was looking at a striker and he admitted that he was at the game but said that they had the wrong target. And it turned out, I think, if you if you look at the, uh, the leaked lists, yeah. I think that there was the left back or was it the, it was certainly one of the fullbacks for yeah, Paris FC yeah. that was on the mm-hmm, yeah. uh, that, that was on their list so yeah he's been he's been straight into it and and looking at players personally even you know before he knew he was getting the job permanently yeah. so he's obviously he's invested in the process did you think if just sorry not to steal your thunder Liam, but, but I'm just wondering if a, a good number of Celtic fans are becoming I wouldn't say in a state of panic at this stage but starting to get a little bit edgy we're now 
less than one month away before that first Champions League qualifier and there's not a player through the door. Ordinarily, this might not matter, but given the, the rebuild, uh, should, are they right to be worried? Is, what, do you, what do you reckon? Mm, I, we've seen this before, you know, and, and, but I think the danger that they have this time, obviously, is that there has to be a transition for Celtic this summer because obviously they're, 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 there's a lot of lone players are going to go back to their, their clubs and, and we all know and we've all seen the positions that Celtic are needing to improve and enhance and back up. And that's notwithstanding the fact that we're looking at guys like Callum McGregor, Kieran Tierney, James Forrest, who are all coming off the back of sixty plus game seasons mm. and are, you know, and, and aren't going to be getting a rest. You know, I mean the, the Callum McGregor, what was it, sixty ninth game last night? Yes, yeah, uh, the season is he'll be given a little bit longer. He's not going to be expected to be back in for the tests next week. But, I mean, they're going to wait to Austria the week after next and he'll be on the plane. So he's not even going to get a fortnight's holiday mm-hmm. um, before he starts into pre-season. And listen, he's, he's a great guy, a great pro, and he'll go as long as he can. But I think we saw towards the end of the season, one of the, the aspects that was affecting his game was clearly that he was a bit jaded, you know, and, and, and I mean, amongst the other kind of tactical issues that they maybe suffered and not knowing where to play him. But you can't keep flogging these guys you know, and, and so therefore they're going to need help. So they're going to, it's not just a case of getting one or two in to increase the quality. They're needing six, seven, eight players in through the door and fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wouldn't be panicking if I was Celtic, but I would certainly, if I wasn't seeing bodies coming through the, through the front door by next week, I would be starting to get concerned about, uh, you know, the, the, the first couple of games coming up. I don't think they'll slip in the first round or two, but this is a problem and, and this is something that Peter has been guilty of in the past, is just hoping that they've got enough to get through and then they'll invest and then get through and then they'll invest. And sometimes if you don't get through, then, you know, that's stable doors and, and horses. And you were, you obviously kind of touched on it there, that anxiety. Do you think it's that that anxiety is, is maybe sort of heightened a bit by the fact that not everybody was convinced that they've made the right managerial appointment, so then they're now waiting to be impressed with signings and yeah. quick signings. Yeah, it's probably an accumulation of things, isn't it, uh, Liam? Because, as you say, the manager, they're not, <coughs> they're not uh, dancing in the streets over that appointment. Neither are Celtic fans. I mean, there's been... Gordy mentioned David Turnbull. There's Rekim Harper, West Brom. That's been confirmed yep. to ourselves. Uh, and Brandon Barker is also on the list. Other than that, a series of names have been knocked back and dismissed by kind of the, the club. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple this week. Uh, the Dynamo Zagreb centre-back, uh, Romani, not interesting him despite reports to the contrary. Uh, there was another one, uh, Liam Moore. Liam Moore, that's right. He was ranked before, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So you know, th- there's not even a lot of names now that have been attached to Celtic that are any way credible, Gordy. Yeah, mm. and, and listen, I, I don't have a problem with that because generally, I, I think that Celtic, particularly in the last couple of seasons, have done very well at playing their cards close to their chest when it comes to the recruitment. Where I would say that I think you have to have some faith is that Neil Lennon's recruitment generally and especially with far fewer resources than Brendan Rodgers had at his disposal, was more impressive than Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I think true. we've all yeah. kind of come to the conclusion over the past kind of you know eighteen months or so when we've looked at the last few transfer windows that that recruiting a player is not something that Brendan Rodgers is particularly specialised in. 
You know, he's he's had more misses than hits in terms of the players he's brought in. So, I, I, you know, I, I think you have to give Neil Lennon a, a bit of time and B, the benefit of the doubt because, you know, when you consider that, that he was desperate and, and, you know, over the course of a few years, when, when every time he got the rug pulled from under him, when he had players like Forster and Wanyama and guys like that, Hooper sold, you know, all in the one summer, uh, then even, you know, Kelvin Wilson, guys like that, all taken out from under him, you know, he, he was dying to go out and say, give me six million quid to buy Alfred Finn Boggesson, you know, and, and he ended up getting a million pounds to buy Amido Baldi or mm. Timo Pukki, who obviously has now proven himself to be better than he, he ever showed in Scotland, but you know, these were the things. He was never given the trust that Rogers was given to go and have the big impact signing for the big money. You and think he, was, he will be now, though, huh? He's, he's not listen, earned that. It, it was interesting. Last week in, in the Sunday Mail, uh, we, Mark Wilson, did a, a piece for us when he and, and he made a very legitimate point saying, Neil Lennon is entitled to expect that if Celtic were looking at a big-name manager to replace Brendan Rodgers, whether it was a Rafa Benitez mm. or a Davy Moyes or whoever it was, Neil Lennon is entitled to expect the same resource given to him to recruit that these guys would have been given. And these guys wouldn't have come here and settled for a bag of chips and, you know, and, and, and told to get on with it. But, you know, so there's, there's no... Peter Lowell has no right to expect Neil Lennon to, to work on second rations. You know, and so I, I, I hope for Neil's sake... That, that Peter furnishes him with what he needs. Uh, other, otherwise, he's, he's going to get the same level of frustration that he had five years ago when he left. Yeah. I suppose the other talking point as well is you know, perhaps players going the other way. And the big one again over the past few days um, is seemingly what's going to happen with Olivier and Cham this summer. Uh, under contract until 2022. So Celtic not necessarily in a under pressure to sell him but obviously as we've told in the record there's interest from Marseille and this is one of these ones that's got all the hallmarks of turning into a, a saga as they call it it could go on the entire summer you love a saga don't you they really yeah. love a saga yeah. and it's basically because Marseille are said to have to sell players before they can firm up this interest in Encham and one of those players was uh, a guy called Morgan Sanson who's been linked to West Ham um, who have now West Ham have now moved for another central midfielder, so who knows what's going on with that? But basically, in Cham, if do you think it's one Celtic will cash in on this summer if I'd, there's interest? I'd be stunned if they didn't. I mean, you, you, maybe you guys can tell me better. Um, but did you not get the impression that Cham and Cham kind of after Dembele left? Yeah, there was this kind of vibe around about the French guys who were at the club that, that there was a bit of kind of you know that, that because they were all very very close, and and when Dembele left, obviously he left with that wee kind of you know question mark when he went on social media and kind of cast aspersions about the the way he had left and about whether people had lived up to promises or not. I got the feeling, in the in the back of that 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 Cham, I would I wouldn't use the phrase down tools because that's wrong. He, he didn't, but but there was just a, an element where he he wasn't showing what he, what we all think he's capable of showing, and I'm not sure that we saw at any point this season what Olivier Cham's capable of. I, I I think he's I think he's a far better player than he showed last season. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I'd say the only only 
I can really remember is the one 0 win over Rangers back in September when he was outstanding. But apart from that, yeah. he, he can be dominant. He can be really dominant. And you know, I mean, it's, it's it's interesting about you think about the pairings and 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 again, this will this will maybe come back down to the way that Neil Lennon likes to play the game compared to the way that Brendan Rodgers played the played the game as well in terms of how he uses his midfield. How but, how yeah, Brown, but that that would Cham, be McGregor yeah. and and that all fit into that particular, you know, in, in Lenny's system rather than the way that Rogers played. Yeah, that, I think that's an interesting point, but I don't think that applies to Cham because the aforementioned reason, which is he's not been great the whole season, well before Rogers left. Yeah. But maybe, you know, maybe he just needs a pre-season and a fresh start to, to, to have a, you know, a fresh approach to the game. But if, again, if there's uncertainty around about his future, you get the feeling that he's, he's not going to take well to it. Mm-hmm. That he, it's not gonna, he's not gonna be unaffected by it. He's the kind of guy, or I get the impression he's the kind of guy that will be affected by it, and it will affect his day to day. You know, have, I, I, have, you, spo- have you spoken to him before? Kind of just even in a, uh, yeah, he's you know he's uh, by comparison with one or two of the other guys, his English isn't impeccable. It's, it's passable, you know, but it, so therefore, you know, in, in an interview situation, it, it makes him a wee bit guarded and, and a bit kind of reticent sometimes yeah. and a bit quiet. Um, yeah. I'm not sure whether that doesn't just reflect his personality as a, as a whole. I think that's just the kind of guy he is. I don't right. think he's demonstrative or I don't think he's a, you know, he's, he's not a life and soul of the dressing room kind of guy. Um, you know, which which again, you know, is, is interesting because obviously, well, well, Bruni's there, then he is that guy. But I mean, again, this is another question that's worth asking about about the outs potentially is that in Lustig, if he, if he is going as it would appear to be the case then there's a you know it's not you're not just losing a right back or whatever you're losing a leader from the dressing room because he if you speak to any other player in that dressing room and they say you know where, where's your leadership come from they, they will say Bruni but they will also say Lustig and, and that's yeah. going to be a loss for them yeah, well, we were actually talking about this up the stairs uh, a wee bit about Lustig and one of the guys tipped to be a replacement is Stephen O'Donnell and who's enjoyed a couple of great seasons, and you know we could probably only get better. But is he even near Lustig's level now, which is a Lustig at the age of thirty-two, and maybe winding? You know, maybe he's got a bit to go. So if if that is true, and he is a target for Celtic, uh, it's a lot to ask of Stephen O'Donnell. But, but, but you've got to remember, it's when Lustig arrived at Celtic. He already had 40 caps for yeah. Sweden. He was an established international Absolutely. player, you yeah. know, and, and has become only become more so. And he's obviously he's been a massive part of what Celtic have done in the last... I mean, he's right up there. What's he got 16, 16 of the medals in the last yep. in the last eight yeah. years since he's been... Mm-hmm. I mean, so you, you, I think it's a bit unfair to kind of, you know, to say that will you fill that guy's boots uh, straight off the bat because he was, he was a class act when he came in the first place. And, you know, and I think he's proven, to be fair, two things, I think... The grass isn't always greener because everybody's, including myself, to be fair, who has seen Lustig slightly lose his edge over the last kind of year and a half to a couple of years. That say everybody said, "Oh, one thing that needs replaced is a right back." But then when Tolyan comes in, you know he's got pedigree. He didn't prove himself to be any better than Lustig. In fact, at times you you, you actually, as a, you know, I'm sure Celtic fans welcomed Lustig back into the team when when Lenny brought him back into the team, and he performed better. So therefore. Grass isn't always greener. You're not necessarily going to instantly find a better right back than Lustig in that team. Mm-hmm. Will he do better under Neil Lennon? Do we think because it was? I think so, sometimes under Brendan Rodgers, it was almost like 
Lustig as a player just doesn't fit into this style that Brendan Rodgers was. He was asked to get forward so, so much, uh, wasn't yeah, he? His, his you know? distribution got exponentially worse at times, it seemed, when the more he was being asked to do. Um, uh, whereas I think under Lenny, his role was more confined uh, and it certainly seemed to suit him better in the last few weeks uh, of, of the season when he, when he played really well. Um, you know, I, listen, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems some of the stuff he was quoted as saying in Sweden during the week and, and the internationals would suggest. I actually thought that the way that things went at the end of the season, that, that you might actually have seen Lenny persuade him to come back. That seems to look less likely, judging by his comments this week in Sweden. You know, that mm-hmm. he seems to have hinted at, you know, a bit of impropriety around about, the, you know, people dealing with him. But, uh, you know, so it will be interesting to see because if he's gone, then not only do they need to find a starting right back, they need to probably find a backup as well. You know, I mean, so th- th- I, I, that's why I, I would have been amazed if, if they hadn't endeavoured more to keep him. Uh, so that's a problem at one fullback area. Uh, over the other side, um, it seems to happen every transfer window now. There's interest in Kieran Tierney, which is obviously testament to his performances and his ability uh, over the past few seasons. Um, the link to Arsenal's it's not Arsenal. It's not necessarily a, a new one, but it's come back up again uh, over the past few weeks. But when you think, Darren, this is a player. When you think of players who are going to go and knock on the manager's door and ask for a move away, mm-hmm. then you know it's he's not in he's that not, category. He's not, is he? he couldn't no. be further from that category, could he? No, I, I mean, I, you can envisage him being there for the rest of his life uh, and love it. He is a so obvious thing to say it's probably not even worth saying it but I'll say it anyway he's he's a Celtic fan first and foremost and he's a tremendous player but uh, the the other aspect of course would be if a club met Celtic's valuation which is believed to be around £25 million then he might not have much say in the matter but I, I don't think this is going to happen this summer uh, he w- doesn't want it to happen the player himself and the 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 interest, although seems to be growing, there's been nothing really concrete, has there? There's no, not been not any really. reports it's of a bid being made or anything like that. Yeah, it so seems to be a lot of the same information just coming up again yeah, and again. Yeah, and it, w- another club he was connected to, other than Arsenal, was uh, Leicester, and I think he's better than Leicester. And I know mm. Brendan Rodgers will want to get them. Their goal, of course, is top be a top six club. Well, I think he's better than that. Mm-hmm. I think he's got the talent to be better than that. Uh, so, if he were to leave Celtic, uh, I don't think that should be his destination. Yeah, and then obviously you've got this this ongoing push to win ten in a row. I mean, he's he's really going to want to be part of that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even even next summer, like, if the, the same situation yeah. come round again and say Celtic do win the league again, and then they're going for ten in a row, it would be a <laughs> be a massive, massive decision. If you know a club, as you say, were to come in with twenty five, thirty million, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I agree hundred percent with you. But at the same time, these decisions aren't always with the players. And mm-hmm. if the, the the evaluation is met with an offer, then he's not really got a lot to say about it, and the players away. But uh, that that that's all hypothetical at the moment. That's all from us today. But we'll be back again next midweek to bring you all the latest from Parkhead. Thanks to Gordon and Darren for joining me and be sure to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.